Well, tonight, I want to talk to you about the subject of biblical healing. And I am so grateful for these foundational truths that God gives us in His Word. I'm not only thankful because of what I've experienced in my life, but I'm also thankful because of what I know that you will be able to experience in your life as you understand these great truths. In this brief series that I'm going to do on Wednesday night, there is no way possible that I can answer every single question that you might have about the subject of what the Bible says about healing. Is it for today? Does God still heal today? Does God do miracles like he did in the days of the Bible? I hope to be able to address those questions. But if you would email me your questions by emailing me to pastor at woodland.church or if you would email it to office at woodland.church, I will get those questions and I will do my best at some point along the way to, to answer or to do a Q&A session on a Wednesday night about the questions that come in about healing. And don't be afraid to ask the tough questions. I mean, God's Word is, is capable in hand of handling anything that you and I throw out at it. So let's be sure that we ask not just softball questions, but we ask the tough questions. And if I don't know the answer, I'll do my best to find an answer. And if I don't know the answer, I'll tell you all along the way. I'm telling people, I simply don't know the answer to that question, but let's see what God's Word has to say together. My truest focus, though, in this message, and I wrote this down and I highlighted it in my notes here, my truest faith, my truest focus in this message is, in this whole series of messages, I want you to know that God is good. I want you to know that God is loving I want you to know that God is forgiving, and I want you to know how much God cares about you and that God wants to pour his spirit of grace out upon you. Today, I was sharing with a young woman who was asking me some questions, and she just all of a sudden looked at me, and she says, I have got chill bumps running all over me. But I was telling her about the goodness of God, the faithfulness of God. And friends, I want you to know, I'm not one of those chill bump people. I don't typically get those, but I want you to know that God loves you and he wants to pour his goodness out upon you. What I fear sometimes when we come to these stories are two things. There are people who refuse to believe and you can't help those who just refuse to believe. But there are people that are good people. They're godly people. Some of them are friends of mine, and they've locked God up in the safe and distant past of the Bible days. They believe that God did miracles. They believe he's the God of miracles, but he did those miracles in the days of the Bible, and since the apostles have died, then God doesn't do those miracles anymore. Well, that's a really poor understanding of covenant, and it's a really poor understanding of all the promises in the Bible. And I know that's a harsh statement. I don't have time to really break that out, and, but I've always been upfront about you know, sharing what I thought about people with that in a kind way. It's really not understanding covenant and understanding that God is the same yesterday, today, and forever. And so I'm asking the Holy Spirit to breathe fresh upon you and me. I'm asking for those of us who know and believe these truths, I'm asking him for a refresher course and to revive us and refresh us that we will be anticipating. I am talking to you right now in a time when my son has just recovered from COVID, when our creative arts pastor has COVID, his wife is in the hospital with COVID, 
my administrative assistant is in the hospital with COVID. Uh, my, my, our youth pastor's father passed away this week. I'm talking to you in the thick of the battle when I've been praying with not just people from our church, but people from the community. And yet I still cling and hold to these truths and I see God faithful to his word. Let me take you to one of my favorite passages of scripture before we pray tonight. Look at James chapter 3 and verse 17 with me. But the wisdom from above is first pure, then peaceable, gentle, open to reason, full of mercy and good fruit, and it's impartial and sincere. I want you to cling to that passage of Scripture tonight, and I want you to particularly look at that little phrase, underline it, open to reason. Open to reason. God's wisdom is open to reason. My worldview is a biblical worldview. What I mean by that, how I read a scientific paper or the layman's report of a scientific assessment or how I read a political paper or how I read any other issue in life, when I read that, I read it through the lens of the Bible because I trust God and I trust his word and that God will always be faithful to his word. I allow the scriptures to take me to the logical conclusion that the Scriptures bring me to. What I do not do is go through my Bible trying to find text to support what I want the Bible to say or what the Bible or what somebody has taught me the Bible has said. What I do is I try to go through the Bible and follow the logical path there. It's why I love this phrase, the biblical wisdom is open to reason. I don't mind discussing this subject with anybody who agrees or disagrees with me because to be open to reason is to be teachable. And to not be open to reason and to not be teachable anymore, now that's dangerous. When you meet a person that is not teachable, when you meet a person that is not open to reason, that person is dangerous at that time. One of my surgeons here in the metro area, when he first began to work with me as a patient of his, he, I can just still see him saying it. He just looked at me and says, Pastor Clanton, I do not believe in miracles. And he pointed a finger at me the way Billy Graham would have pointed a finger when he was preaching a crusade. And I just smiled real big at him, and I thought to myself, God's going to change your mind. Well, after several years, he came to me one day and sat me down, and he said, I want to have a conversation. Not only did he believe in miracles, but we had this most wonderful time because for several years he had treated me and we talked about so many things. God had brought him full circle to where he believed in miracles. So let's pray together tonight and then we're going to dig right into this. Heavenly Father, I love you so much. Lord, would you help me? Because I'm, I'm just kind of concerned. I'm not going to get through all that I want to get through tonight. And I pray you'll help me just to relax and share these beautiful truths the way that you have taught them to us from the Scripture. And I pray that you'll help all of those that are listening tonight to hear the word of the Lord and to grow in their faith and to grow in their confidence. And, oh, Lord Jesus, to be open to reason and to what you want to do in their lives. Father, I know there are some that are listening tonight that may have been diagnosed with COVID. I know there are some that are listening tonight that have been diagnosed with cancer. I know that there are some tonight, Lord, that they are facing some really difficult life circumstances, either in their own life or with a loved one. I pray that they will sense the breath of the Holy Spirit breathing upon them. 
I'm not necessarily asking you for chill bumps like the young woman told me she experienced today, but I am asking you for a sense of your presence, your warm and gentle presence, because God, you are good and you want to pour out your grace upon us. And I ask all of this in the name of Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Amen, amen, and amen. Well, the first thing I want you to see tonight, it is the nature of God to give and to forgive. God's nature is always to give and to forgive. I want you to look at this verse of Scripture with me. Titus chapter 2 and verse 11. For the grace of God has been revealed, bringing salvation to all people. Now, two words I want you to circle there in that passage of Scripture, a highlight if you're using the app. The grace of God. What is grace? Grace is when God gives me what I don't deserve. That's God giving to me. And what is salvation? Salvation is not only salvation from my sins, it's not only preparation for heaven, but it's God's abundance, it's his shalom as we looked at the peace of God that brings us healing spiritually, emotionally, emotionally. Physically, God brings it all into our lives, but it's also divine healing as well. I love the way Eugene Peterson translated this in the message, if you want to read. God's readiness to give and forgive is now public. Salvation is available for everyone. Circle that in your outline tonight. God's readiness to give, just circle that phrase, to give, and forgive is now public. You see, miracles and healing are a part of what it means to live in the kingdom of heaven. It's a part of God's covenant that he made with us. That's what miracles and healings are all about. They're everyday occurrences. I think every day in our lives, and I don't see them every day, you don't see them every day, but I think every day there's probably a miracle someplace taking place in our lives that we're totally unaware of. But at the same time, I think those spectacular, stupendous miracles that we see in the Bible, we don't see them happening every single day or we would just simply take them for granted. I think that there are those times in life that we understand we need a miracle. I mean, as far as I know, there was only one miracle of turning the water into the wine uh, when Jesus performed that miracle at the, at the, at the Canaan wedding. That, as far as I know, there was only one miracle of Peter getting out and walking on the water when Jesus said to come. So miracles are something that don't happen every day that we see that are stupendous and, and, and miraculous around us. But I am convinced that there are things happening that we cannot see that each and every day that God is either protecting or providing for us or giving us inspiration or encouragement. Sometimes we might have that thought, oh, where did that thought come from, that idea come from? I needed that just now. Don't ever mistake that as being a part of just living in the kingdom of heaven. You see, we should receive miracles gladly. We should receive healing gladly. I think we should receive the teaching that the Bible has about healing gladly for us. For us. But, and this is a big but, B-U-T, big but, we don't need to make a big deal out of healings and miracles. John Wimber was famous for saying that <clears throat> he felt like that people making the big deal out of healing was what kept people from getting healed so often. You see, goodness and obedience are much more important in the economy of God. Goodness and obedience are much more important in our discipleship. 
I am much more interested in raising up passionate followers of Jesus Christ that will daily love him, daily serve him, daily obey him, daily follow him in all their ways. Be loving, be forgiving, be kind, be gracious, be patient, be long-suffering, be self-controlled, share their faith with other people. Daily obedience is much more important than the subject of healing. We don't elevate one ministry above the other here at Woodland Church. We don't elevate one spiritual gift above the other at Woodland Church. That was the era of the Corinthian church that Paul wrote those epistles about. When I pray for someone to be healed, what I sincerely hope for and what I sincerely pray is they are experiencing God's love and their compassion. Even this Sunday, I prayed with people here in our church, and as I prayed for them, I was praying for God's mercy, God's grace, God's healing in their life, because God loves them and cares for them. It's not just that I'm commanded to do it, and it's not just something that I should do. I want them to experience the, com- the compassionate love of God. The next verse I'm going to read to you is about one of the greatest miracles in the Bible. It's referred to over and over again. It's not only referred to over and over again, but the Psalms refer to it. God says uh, to his people, he reminds them of this miracle that he did to them. And it was the miracle of the parting of the Red Sea. And at the parting of the Red Sea, the children of Israel walked across on dry land. I've never seen a movie that I wasn't in awe of how the artist rendered that miracle happening. Uh, the other night I was watching a special, I can't remember if it was on Nat Geo or some, one of those other channels like that, but I was watching a special on the miracles of the Bible, and they just did such an outstanding job of showing the, the crossing of the Red Sea and what a miracle that that would have taken. And as I read that wonderful story in my Bible again, and as I watched it on television, It is. It's one of the greatest miracles of the Bible. But right after the children of Israel crossed the Red Sea, and we know how in the days of the Bible, the children of Israel, uh, God's people were always quick to forget his goodness. You ought to write that down. They were always quick to forget his goodness, and they were always quick to start murmuring and complaining. And before you go, yeah, that was the children of Israel. I have been a pastor for a long time, and I have seen the goodness of God manifested in so many people's lives, and they forget his goodness, and it's not long before they're complaining and they're murmuring. It's kind of like the old saying that you hear sometime, what have you done for me lately? Friends, if he never did another miracle, if he never did another healing, if God never did another thing for me, I got to tell you, God has been so good. I haven't deserved one iota of the grace that he's shown me. But the children of Israel, they complained after this miracle. So God brought them to a teaching moment at the waters of Merah where they complained bitterly. The waters of Merah were making them so sick. And you can read this whole story in Exodus 15. But if you'll look with me, the Lord says, if you will listen carefully to the voice of the Lord your God and do what is right in his sight, obeying his commands keeping all his decrees, then I will not make you suffer any of the diseases I sit on the Egyptians, for I am the Lord who heals you. Look at that again. I am the Lord who heals you. You see, God brought them into this teaching situation because all they knew about God at this point was power. They'd seen his mighty miracles in Egypt when he bought the the different judgments and the diseases upon the children of Israel. 
They saw his mighty power when he parted the Red Sea for them. And it's hard for people like you and me living in the days of the New Testament, living in the days since we've read about Jesus and we've learned about Jesus. It's hard for us to imagine what it was like for them not to really know who God was. And so God would reveal himself through what we call redemptive names. One of those names is, I am the Lord who heals you, or I am the God who heals you. And so suddenly they knew that he was a God of power. They'd seen, they'd seen the judgments upon, upon Egypt. They saw the parting of the Red Sea. They quickly forgot God's goodness to them. Now they come, and they're getting sick like the Egyptians. And God tells them, if you will walk with me, if you will live with me, if you will do what is right. Remember what I said. Healing is not the big deal. It's much more important that you and I daily live in obedience to the Lord, that we live in goodness and kindness to one another, that we're not murmuring, that we're not complaining, that we are kind, that we are patient, that we are tenderhearted, we are long-suffering, we live lives of self-control, we're compassionate, we're generous. It's much more important that we live like that than is the message of healing. Healing, I think, is vitally important. But it doesn't do any good to understand or pray for healing when we're going to be living lives of complaining and murmuring all the time. Again, I'll just remind you, you don't have to go back to it on the screen tonight, but it's in your app. Do what is right, obey his commands, and keep his decrees. I will not make you suffer any of these diseases. So God brings them, and now he shows them he's not only the God of power, but he is the God that says, I will heal you. And I think right there are two issues that we need to address before we move on any further tonight. And number one is there's this defensive statement that people make sometime. Well, if it's God's will, I understand and allow for the will of God to be manifest, but I never go into a situation to pray for anybody that I don't first of all Remember the covenant, remember what the Lord said in his word, remember what the book of James says, and pray as though God wants to heal that person right then, right now, at that moment. The second thing that people do is get defensive and say, well, when it's his time, I pray right there at that moment that it's his time. Because when the children of Israel once again murmured and complained and they were bitten by poisonous snakes and, and that, that, that beautiful story of how the children of Israel, if Moses made this bronze serpent and put it up on a staff, if they looked at it, they would be healed. They were healed instantly. If they didn't have faith and wouldn't look up, they died in the wilderness. Jesus, when he healed, he healed instantly. So I don't wait for a timing Although I will admit there have been many times where God has not healed in the timing that I hoped that he would heal in. And then the third thing is people get defensive and they keep God locked up, as I said earlier, in the distant past and say God only did that in the days of the Bible. Friends, he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. Look at this next verse with me tonight. He alone, God, God alone can never die. He lives in light so brilliant that no human can approach him. No human eye has ever seen him, nor ever will. All honor and power to him forever. Amen. You say, well, pastor, we've seen Jesus. Yes, and if we've seen Jesus, we've seen how God revealed himself to us. But friends, 
There is much more to God than what you and I have experienced. There is much more to this Christian walk than what you and I have experienced. We will never go outside the boundaries of the Word of God. I just want you to know, just as Moses came down off that mountain all lit up because he was in the presence of God, I am all lit up with this biblical truth because I know that if we will walk in the paths of the Lord and honor Him and love Him with all of our heart, soul, mind, and strength and love one another as ourselves, we can expect manifestations of miracles and healings among us. You say, why? Because healing is an expression of God's compassion. Healing is an expression of God's compassion. Jesus demonstrated his compassion by touching and healing the people that were brought to him. Jesus demonstrated his compassion by delivering people, not only from sickness, but delivering them from, from demonic powers. There were people that Jesus obviously didn't heal. I don't know if it's because he didn't have the time or if it wasn't you know, the, the, the appointed time for them yet, but Jesus healed them, and we're going to deal with that next week. But right now, would you look at this passage of Scripture with me? And this is found in Matthew 8, verse 16. That evening, many demon-possessed people were brought to Jesus. He cast out the evil spirits with a simple command. Now stop. Notice that. It wasn't dramatic. It wasn't, you know, permit me, I'm going to be just a little mean here. I don't know why people have to get so King James English with this on television. Thou foulest spirit, I commandeth thee. As though somehow or another, if we speak to the devil in, in dramatic King James English, that that's going to make a difference in their life. Jesus with a simple command. I imagine it was something like this. Be set free. Come out of him. Come out of her. Now, in Jesus' name. And, and they were set free. Jesus with a simple command. He not only cast out evil spirits, but he healed all the sick. That's the reason I don't scream and spit and try to knock people down or blow on them or anything like that. You just pray and trust the word of the Lord. Am I excited about this? Yes. Am I lit up about this? Yes. But the power is not in the drama. The power is in the word of the Lord. Now, this next phrase is huge. You know, it's huge, as my grandson likes to say. This fulfilled the word of the Lord to the prophet Isaiah who said, he took our sicknesses and removed our diseases. Friends, Isaiah 53, it is the messianic prophecy that all Jewish people are looking for, for our Messiah to come back. It's what we look back upon and see how that Jesus fulfilled all of that. So that's a huge statement right there. This fulfilled this fulfilled. The fact that Jesus was casting out the devil, the fact that Jesus was healing the sick was fulfilling one of the messianic prophecies that are so important. And I'll be closing with that in just a couple of minutes. So hang with me. Notice though, notice though what Jesus said in John chapter 14 and verse 12. I tell you the truth, anyone, that's you, that's me. I tell you the truth, anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works because I am going to the Father. Do you know who said that? Jesus did. Jesus said those words. I have leaned into those words since I was a teenager. I say to you that anyone who believes in me will do the same works I have done and even greater works. 
Somebody asked me one time, and they were sincere. I'm not mocking them. They were sincere. They said, Pastor, don't you think that means it's because we've got television and radio? That's a much greater work than Jesus did. I said, well, let's just step back a little bit. That may be greater in scope as far as the number of people reached, but that's technology. Let's just step back. Did he not say the same works? And they go, yes. And I said, well, I want to do the same works, and I also want God to work through you and through me and through his church in an even greater way than he did in the days of the Bible. Let's don't limit God. And in no way would I ever claim credit or should you ever claim credit for healing somebody. All the glory and the honor goes to God for he is the healer. Now, let's look at Isaiah 53 because Jesus fulfilled those prophecies in Isaiah 53. And this is a great place for us to stop for the evening. And um, so I don't wear you out. And hopefully you've got a lot to think upon here. Let's look at Isaiah 53 and verse 4. Now, I'm going to read this to you from Young's Literal Translation. Some of you may have a Young's uh, Concordance in your Bible. Uh, Robert Young was one of the great uh, linguists of the last century. Uh, it, It was one of his concordances that I had to use in my studies when I was preparing for the ministry. He made a, a, a translation of the Bible where he took, and it's, it's a little more challenging to read, but it's a literal translation from the Hebrew and from the Greek. And so uh, the reason I'm pointing this out is because most people still have a King James Version of the Bible. And you probably have not read it just exactly the way the English language says it. Let's look at this here. Isaiah 53, 4 from Young's literal translation. Surely our sicknesses he hath borne, and our pains he hath carried them. And we, we have esteemed him plagued, smitten of God, and afflicted. You see, you've probably read that surely our sorrows, surely our burdens. I was singing a chorus tonight. It's just an old song about healing. And, uh, and, And it uses the King James language. The reason I'm bringing this out is because somewhere after the first, after the ancient church, after the first century church in the first two or three hundred years, somewhere or another as the Roman church began to be established, people quit emphasizing some of these great truths of the Bible. And so there weren't signs and wonders and there weren't miracles that were seen. When the Reformation came, the the truth of salvation by grace, salvation by faith in Christ alone, that truth had been lost. And so the Reformation brought that truth back to us. Well, somewhere in the late 1800s and 1900s, as people were reading their Bible, there was a little Bible college out in Topeka, Kansas, where people were reading their Bible, and they began just looking and asking themselves the questions, why is it God doing all the things today that we read about in the Bible. As a matter of fact, in the 70s, I went to hear the pastor of the largest Baptist church in the nation at that time. And he preached a message, and that's the reason I went to hear. He preached a message entitled, Where Are the Miracles of the Bible? And he was just, his heart was broken because we were not seeing the signs and wonders of the Bible. We were not seeing the miracles of the Bible anymore. 
And he was just making a heartfelt plea to let's pray because God was the same yesterday, today, and forever. And one of the points he was making was that God still heals the sick. Don't lock God up in the safe. You can't lock him up to begin with, but you can lock him out of your life from what he wants to do. Don't lock him up in the safe and distant past. But that word literally is he carried our sicknesses. Now, just a little theology here, and I I need to stand up, and that'll help me close a little faster. You see, just a little theology right here. Jesus shed his blood for our sins. That's important. He shed his blood for our sins, but he carried our sicknesses to the cross with him. His blood, according to the book of Hebrews, was applied to the mercy seat to cover our sins, That was the same way the blood offerings were done upon the the mercy seat of the Ark of the Covenant in in the Old Testament. But now, Jesus was also, when he died, he he said to God, he says, my father, why have you forsaken me? Jesus experienced, I don't understand it all, don't ask me to explain that. He experienced total separation from God so that he could experience what sin had cost us, total separation from God, and in his resurrection life, he brought to us not only forgiveness of our sins, but he brought to us the restoration of what God had wanted to do all along in our lives. Let me give you a New Testament example of Isaiah 53. Are any of you sick? You should call for the elders of the church to come and pray over you, anointing with oil in the name of the Lord. That is the New Testament application of what Jesus was doing that fulfilled Isaiah 53. It is the New Testament application of how we are to pray for one another. It's not the most important truth. It's not the most vital truth of the Bible, but it is an important truth of the Bible. Living godly lives, living holy lives, living loving lives, that is the most important truth of the Scripture once we give our hearts to Christ. But this is a truth that we do not want to let go of, that I am the Lord who heals you, Exodus 15, verse 26. And I hope tonight this is just some foundational teaching for the next few weeks. I want to be teaching on this subject because we're in the midst of a growing pandemic again in our nation and in our country. I believe that God allowed this. I don't believe God sent this, but I believe God has allowed this so that people would humble themselves and begin to seek the Lord. It's not, there's no national package that is going to do for us what God can do for us. There's no world health package that can do for us what God can do for us. I'm so thankful for medicine. I'm so thankful for doctors. I will get into that in this series as well, and I will attempt to answer all of your questions. But the one driving thing I've wanted to get home to you tonight is he is the same yesterday, today, and forever. He healed in the Old Testament. He heals in the New Testament. Jesus revealed to us what God was like. And we are commanded to pray for one another and to anoint one another with oil when they're sick. I just, again, just kind of sum it up. We don't see miracles every day, but I believe they're happening in the background of our lives every day. But there are stupendous miracles that can happen of healing for us when we agree together in prayer. And healing is vital to what we do in our life, but it's not the most important thing. And this is not a topical study. We are just following what the Scripture says about the subject 
of healing. Those are very, very important. When you begin to talk to people who are dying with cancer, when people who have heart diseases, diabetic diseases, or they have an infectious disease, you see, Pastor, how do you know? Because I've sat multiple, multiple times with all of these folks. And I can tell you, I've seen God heal. I've seen God deliver. And even people that are healed eventually are going to die. It is appointed to man once to die. And sometimes people that I've prayed with, they haven't been healed. It's not their fault. If there's any fault, it's to be laid at my feet. Because I never see Jesus faulting the people he prayed for or faulting the people the disciples prayed for. The only thing I can say is I use all the faith that I have. I trust God completely. But sometimes, whatever the reason, God does not heal. That's not up to me to decide. It's up to me to obey. But I don't let that become an excuse to limit my faith. I'm going to pray for everybody that comes and asks me to pray. I'm going to anoint everybody who asks me to anoint them with oil. I'm going to pray with compassion because I believe God is compassionate. I'm going to pray with faith because I believe God honors his word. And I am all lit up about this tonight. So let me pray for you before we call it a night. Heavenly Father, I'm praying for all of those who've listened this evening. I'm asking you, Jesus, for those who are struggling with cancer. God, I pray they'll not be harsh on themselves. They'll not be beating up themselves as though for some reason it's their fault that they're not healed. Lord, I believe part of the reason that they're listening to this message tonight is the compassion that you would show them to say, I love you and I care for you. Father, I pray at the same time that you would do a miracle in their life, that God, you would bring healing to them. Father, I pray secondly for those of us who are well tonight, that Father, we will pray persistently. We will pray with faith, trusting that you are not just the God of the days of the Bible. You are the God of yesterday, today, and forever that is the same. And we look to you. And I pray for all of us that, Lord, we will gain a good biblical understanding of this subject so that when we're called upon to pray, we pray with faith. So that when we're called upon to explain why we believe, we can go to the Scriptures and demonstrate it together. I love you, and it's in Jesus' holy name I pray. Amen, amen, and amen. God bless you. Thanks so much for joining me tonight. I can't wait to see you on Sunday morning.